Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. I done sung myself hoarse, which I'm okay with. I was going to make dumb dad jokes, but I decided not to right there. Right there. <laughs> okay. Mm. I want to thank uh, Mike Rentler for bringing the word last Sunday while my wife and I were out of town. Uh, all of you who served behind the scenes, Corey leading worship, just the whole team just went so well. We were online and uh, we worshiped along with you. And uh, I'm so thankful to have this online option uh, for when you're out of town, but there's nothing like being in the room, right? There's nothing like being in the room. What I was experiencing uh, today, I could tell last week, uh, at one point, worship was kind of exploding in here, uh, but I, 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 I didn't discern it personally. I just like saw Mikey. Like, I know Mikey enough to know when Mikey was getting like, oh, he's experiencing the Holy Ghost up there. I'm like, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I was in the chat. I was amening in the chat. And uh, I was leaning into it, but this morning, you, that's a good thing about being a person. You don't have to lean into it. It's just here. It just gets served to you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm going to ask um, uh, Duke here, uh, who's going to come up and share a quick testimony. Are you in the middle of something, Duke? I don't care. Grab that microphone right there. Come on over here. Cool. I saw this, uh, I saw this uh, Instagram uh, ministry. No, he's going And um, he's going under the, he's so, look at how. Thoughtful he was. Um, camera people, if you chop off his top of his head, that's okay. You'll hear his voice. It's his heart. That all camera they should care be good. About. Yeah, they only care about his heart. So, hey, I, I saw on Instagram, he has this, uh, he had a really cool testimony. And so I uh, asked him, hey, can you share quickly this morning uh, what happened? So, Okay, yeah. Um, so yesterday we, uh, it was, we were planning on going to somewhere else. We didn't go. And we, we ended up in uh, Drive Shack. See how what? I did that? Where? Drive shack. It's like Top Golf. Okay. Okay. It's like, okay. Driving range. Type yeah, deal. yeah, yeah, yeah. An expensive like driving range. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So we're there, and uh, it was a really long wait and everything like that, and uh, we end up getting to eat, and then uh, we're like, hey, let's see, see if we can talk to the guys, see if we can make something happen, and and we did. We got some favor. You know, it's always good to have favor into money. You know, it works. And then uh, it happened, and then. We're there, we're playing uh, golf, and we're having a good time. And it's, I, I, it ended really good. Somebody got healed. But I just, I felt impressed to say, like, the day, my day, and it's just like, it was a, it was a tougher day, okay? And, um, you know, just life, family, different kind of things. And we, we, you know, we're on a date night, and we end up playing golf. We had a great time, really good laughs. Uh, and the girls beat the guys. Yeah, so... You, and, and, um, and at the end, we, we got to pray for this guy that uh, gave us the hookup, and uh, we just asked him if we could pray for his knee. He was a snowboarder, and he got in an accident, and uh, we prayed for him, and he got healed. Hallelujah. So, how, do you, how do you know he was healed? So what does this mean? What does this mean you, you, that he got healed? So you saw a guy who had a thing on his knee. Yeah, he was going to go see the doctor like on Monday. So you asked him, hey, what's up with your knee? Yeah. Okay. And he, he said it hurt. It what. Just, you know, just kind of, so, so he said it hurt, and yeah. then you prayed for him. Yep. What did that look like? So, um, we, you know, some, you know, we don't do the prayer like, hey, can I pray for you? Pray, and then run away. We don't do that. We actually, his <laughs> prayer, say prayer. So, so he said to you, <laughs> so you said to him, can I pray for you? And he said. Yes. And then what did you do? We asked him from a scale of <laughs> zero to ten. Okay. Where his pain level was. Okay. And he, said, he said it was an eight. 
That's unusual because a yeah. lot of times people will be like, oh, they're used to the pain. Yeah. So they don't think they need healed anymore. Yeah. Right? And so, but an eight is pretty acute yeah. for walking around yeah. at work pain. Yeah. He had a full-on knee brace. It was okay. pretty legit. And so then you yeah. prayed for him. What did that look like? Yeah. So we all prayed for him, gathered around, and it was just normal folks. We didn't feel especially anointed, but God's with us. Uh-huh. And we prayed for him, and he, he was like, wow, that's so crazy. What did like, you pray? Things like, God, if it's your will that he be healed? Definitely not. No? Okay. That's not the one. Okay. No? That we was didn't use prayer. that one. We no? Didn't okay. use that one. <laughs> Uh, what kind we of prayer did you? What, what kind of, what kind of <laughs> we said, uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we 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 declare that the pain would leave, in the name and we said, in Jesus' name, healing, brand new, Jesus, brand new, and uh, and uh, he's like, what the heck? Like, uh, what's what's going on? It's like it's like, uh, what's the number? He's like, it's a two. All right, let's pray again. Come on. And we prayed again, and he's like, no way, I could not do this. And he took off his brace, and he did not look like he's going to that doctor tomorrow. Come on. So, so hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Good job. Come on. There's your fresh news report. Jesus is still alive, despite what you may have heard in church. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hey, <clears throat> if you got a Bible, you can turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. I'll be there in a moment. Uh, I've been out of the pulpit a week, and uh, I just a warning right now, I'm on one today, right? So I just want to let you know that uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, uh, yeah, one class we all got. Come on. Encourage your pastor a little bit. Come on. I'm, I'm ready to go in right now. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I'm at a place, you know, vacation is good. Um, it's good to rest. Uh, that's why the Bible keeps telling us that we need to do that. Because um, then we get a little clarity. And uh, this, this last uh, 6, 8, 12, 18 months has been challenging for many of us for several reasons. And um, <clears throat> there, there is a threshing that we go through regularly in our faith. It's part of the promise of being a Christian. And, and for me, <clears throat> I, I, um, I have shared this many times. I don't plan on going into depth today. I have been very um, disappointed in the church at large in the last 12 to 18 months. I am uh, discouraged uh, in what people's agendas have been. Uh, and I have been praying to try to understand what in the world they are talking about and what, where in the world they're getting their uh, their words from and their direction from. And then I realized, uh, I, had a, I had a bit of a, uh, an epiphany uh, recently um, uh, that not all, um, not all Christians are Jesus Christians, right? Uh, so, so, some, some people wear, you know, they got the whole, it's like, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen these things where people do, they like, um, they do, uh, what are these mask things called when everybody shows up and they, 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 they no, not a masquerade, the, the <laughs> flash mob. And so I saw a flash mob one time where they, uh, where a video of it, and they all went to a, um, a Best Buy, and they all wore um, blue polos and khakis and went to Best Buy and just walked around, right, in, in, in Manhattan. And uh, people would come to them and think, hey, can you help me with something? Like, yeah, I don't work here. And so there's like 150 people in the Best Buy who look like they work at Best Buy, except they don't, right? They, 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 they look like it, they're dressed like it, they appear like it, they have the appearance of it. Uh, the only thing is they can't actually help you with any Best Buy stuff, right? And I have seen a church that has flash mob Christianity uh, for the last, I don't know, a couple hundred years now. And uh, I am, um, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm officially resigning. Uh, our church is, is leaving that movement uh, fully, uh, unapologetically. And uh, we, we, we I, I want... Listen, I want a Christianity that looks like Jesus. I, I, I am tired trying to defend, defending things that Jesus would defend uh, from people who say I'm not Christian enough because I actually care about people, right? I, I, I'm, 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 I, want, I want Jesus Christianity. I, I, I want, I want uh, go the extra mile Christianity. I want turn the other cheek Christianity. I want go for the hurting Christianity. I want if someone steals this, I'm going to give you my coat as well Christianity. I want the Jesus Christianity that actually not only dies but comes back to life better than it was the first time Christianity. I want the baptism of the Holy Ghost Christianity. I want, I want, I want the unity of the saints Christianity. I want to sit at the Lord's table and eat of his flesh and drink of his blood Christianity. I want the real die to yourself and inherit the kingdom Christianity. This is what I am looking for. I am not looking for Christian nationalism. I am not looking for, you know, uh, the, the, the lotto Jesus. I'm not looking for God is my homeboy Jesus. I'm not looking for, you know, my best friend's going to come along and make me think that all my issues are not a big deal Christianity. I want to follow the resurrected Jesus Christianity. This is, this, is, this is what I have, come on, this is what I have decided in my life. 
And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm tired of making excuses uh, for why I don't go with the crowd. You ever feel that way? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to make an excuse why I don't want to go with the crowd. And, and, and if you're part of this church, welcome. Uh, welcome to people who are not swayed by popular opinion. Uh, you know, I want, I, want, I want a faith that works, not one that just sells. I, I, don't, not, not, I don't just want one that sells albums or, 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 or packs seats. I want one that works and, and gives what Jesus promised we would receive. And, uh, and if it's just me and a handful of you doing that, I'm down. If it's me, you, and all of South Florida, I'm down. But as long as it's me and Jesus, I'm good. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> My friend, uh, I, I thought about a story my friend told um, not too long ago. He was saying, uh, he was talking to, um, <clears throat> I'm all, Lillian done wrecked my voice here in worship. <clears throat> he was talking to a friend of his who's a European, and he says to my friend, he goes, you know the difference between Americans and us, you know, and he's, it's a generalization, but and he's like, uh, you, you know, you, what, what, what are we talking about here? He goes, well, when, you, when Americans go to a restaurant, uh, they look at the menu for, for what they want. And when Europeans go to a restaurant, they look at the menu for what they have. So they come to the, they go to the restaurant, and a European will look at the menu and say, okay, let me see what they serve here. Americans look at the menu and say, okay, let me see what I want. And so the, the, the waiter may show up and say, okay, we have this and that. Okay, well, can you take some of this and put it with some of that? And can you create, can you make this in a way that leaves that off, but you put this on? See, I've come to your restaurant so you can give me what I want. As opposed to a European that says, okay, here's a, here's, a, here's, a, here's a professional staff that's put together meals, and now I will see what they're serving and choose, choose from that. And, um, and that's not, you know, I don't care what you do in a restaurant, but uh, Americans, that's how they face the Bible. Not, not what is Jesus serving today, <laughs> but, but, but let me flip through here and see if I can't take a little bit of 1 Corinthians and mix it with a little bit of 2 Kings and take a couple blessings out of Deuteronomy and then take a couple promises out of Luke and mix it all together and make my own little Christian meal. And, uh, and, then, and then if you don't agree with my interpretation of it, well then... Apparently, there's something wrong with you. And uh, I'm like, well, I just thought we were supposed to hear what Jesus is saying and go with that. Uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't, uh, okay, where are we at now? Oh, I'm still good. Great. Bless the Lamb. And so, you know, we talked about this when we started this Elijah series, and I'm hopefully finishing it today, um, and, and we're going good places. Uh, I, I, um, we, we began asking these questions of ourselves because this is what the Israelites were asking themselves when they wrote this book, where am I, how did I get here, and where is God taking me? Leave that up there if you would. This, this, this is far more important than how do I get what I want. These are the questions we need to be asking. If you're living frustrated in life, you need to figure out how I got here. Which of my decisions got me to my frustration level today, right? Uh, I, I, I never get upset when I get a bad meal at McDonald's. Because that's what McDonald's serves. If you want some fried, not quality food, you go to McDonald's. If you want quality food, you go somewhere else. If you're blessed, you make it at home. If you've got those kind of skills or a family that can do that. If not, you're going to pay a little bit more and get something a little bit better, right? And so if your life, if you're super frustrated with everybody around you in your life, you know, we've got to start looking at the common denominator. Us. <clears throat> in the choices that we've made. In the frustration that people aren't giving us what we want. And so, this whole Deuteronomic section of the Bible, as you remember, the Jews were in captivity in Babylon. They were God's chosen people brought out of Egypt, as the story goes, and destroyed Egypt, as the story goes, and miraculously given their own land. And eventually, they wound up in slavery in a new country. And they're like, how did I get back here? You ever been there? How did I get back here? Like, really? And they're trying to figure out, like, how did we get right back here where we were? I, mm, okay. I, I, I go through this with a lot of, a lot of believers. They go through a, um, a season of amazing, and then their B.C. life, they have a new Christian version of their B.C. life. <laughs> the same aspirations they had before, same goals, same frustrations, same struggles, and, and they don't ask questions like, how did I get back here? They don't question, what, which of my motivations brought me back here? 
they're, they're disappointed in God that they put a God stamp on what they wanted and they're disappointed God didn't come through. Um, and, and so here's where the Jews were. Like, how do we get here? We're in captivity. How do we get here? And how do we, how do, where, 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 how do I get to where God is taking me? What, and and for, the, for the Jews of this day, it meant, you know, hey, you're going to have to give up some stuff that you thought you wanted because it, it never was God's stuff. And so if you're like me, in this season, I have been fighting burnout. Has anybody been there with me? Has anybody been in the burnout season? Come on, be, be brave. Don't, 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 don't lie to me. Come on, be brave. Yeah, I've been bur- like burnt out. Like, good God. Are we in another hard season? Are you serious? Are you serious? Another hard season. And we started looking at like, okay, what is going to give? What? And, and this is what the Jews did. They were, they were burnt out. And often when we get burnt out, and this is me preaching from my life, what I have learned in the last season, you know, I, you start to lose focus. When you get burnt out, you start looking for comfort instead of what's actually going to build you. You start losing focus. You, you get a little lazy and you let your guard down. Um, I tweeted, or excuse me, I texted everybody in the church, if you didn't get uh, a text from me this week, you need to fill out a connection card, um, unless you don't want me to text you, I suppose. But I texted everybody in the church, I said, what is the Lord speaking to you? What is the Spirit saying? I want to I hear. And uh, those of you who actually are hearing from God, I guess, texted back some things that God, and then I got some phone calls. And I got some amazing, amazing, and God just began talking to me through these conversations, and a couple of the people uh, they, that we talked uh, they're going to be sharing messages on that soon because I'm like, this is what the Lord is speaking to the house. It's so ministered to me, uh, but this is what God is speaking. Like sometimes we get fuzzy and uh, I am um, convinced that at no point we are supposed to live in community. And we say that community isn't just about our recreation. Community is about keeping me safe. Like, what is the Lord speaking? I, 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 when, when I think I'm the one who knows it all, I'm, I'm, I'm going off in the bad directions. If I know all the answers to my problems, I am not in a healthy place. If you think you, the one who got you in a bad place, are the one who's going to rescue you from the bad place, you are trapped in delusion. And that's okay, but you got to recognize it and say, okay, I, I got myself into this ditch. I can't get myself out. I need a community to help me out of this ditch. Speak into my life and let me know what you see, right? Right? And so this is what the prophets are doing. They're like saying, how do we get here? Let's, let's, let's be honest. Let's be real. Let's figure out how we got here. And one of the first things the prophets began to uh, address, where are we at here? Oh, good. Okay. Uh, the first thing we talked about this, syncretism. Syncretism is a theological word. Uh, it means trying to practice two religions at the same time. Uh, it's a little mixture, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Christians love that today. This, is, this sells big today. Give you a couple of promises out of Leviticus, none of the requirements of Leviticus, some of the overcoming stuff out of the New Testament, none of the walking away that you'll be an overcomer in the New Testament. We just mix it all together. And we start, we wonder why it doesn't work. We see it a lot today in religions that try to mix a little Buddhism with a little Judaism. Uh, my, 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 we have family uh, that comes, my wife's... Uh, family, uh, half her family is Jewish, and we would go to uh, uh, homes, and there'd be Buddhas, and I'd be like, how does this work? Like, because, you know, not too long ago, you would have been, you know, the people would have picked up rocks and beat you with them until you died for having this in your house, and now it's kind of a common thing. How does this syncretism work? And to me, ah, it's completely different. Okay. So there's a, there's a, there's a physical religion, and then there's your spiritual religion. Your physical religion is Judaism. Your spiritual part is Buddhism. I get that. Unfortunately, it's syncretism, trying to do two things at the same time. And as you read the Old Testament, I want you to look for when they're talking about the Baals and the Astras. And, 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 and what, what, what was happening was they were trying to be Jews and worship other gods to get what they want. They're like, no, 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 I'll, I'll be with you when it's cool, God. Uh, you know, no, no, I'm totally with you. We're totally together. But if I want, some, if I want to prosper with my crops, I'm going to do a little, I'm going to do a little Baal worship. Uh, if, 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 it's, if the seasons aren't good, I'm going to do a little astro worship. No, 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 I'm still completely, completely with you, God. But in the hard times, I'm going to have to supplement my faith with some other gods. And that's why God was like, listen, are, are, are you my ride or die or not? I mean, is it, is it what, what, what is it? What are we? What, like, what, what is this? Like, maybe I'm in control and things are hard for you for a reason. And, and I, you know, 
Um, and so in America, we, we have similar things that we do. We don't call it worship, though. We, um, we get in hard places, and we figure that money is going to solve everything. And so we'll do things that violate our conscience for money. And Jesus talked about money a lot for a reason. Because in our culture, it is the motivating factor for power and success. Um, Jesus said, in, or excuse me, Paul said in 1 Timothy 6.10, he says, The love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. That is not a verse that is popular in American Christianity today. Because in American Christianity, there is a syncretism of the love of money and Jesus. And, 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 and if you follow Jesus, you'll get the very thing that Jesus told us not to lust over. That, 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 that's American Christianity. You can worship everything everybody else is worship when you don't have money. You can worship all that stuff, and Jesus, who you truly worship, will bring it all to you. I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure that's biblical Christianity. I'm not, oh, I just feel like there's some problems. And we have to understand that this is not new to us. But we do have to ask ourselves some strong questions. Is money taking me somewhere I don't want to go? Is money taking me somewhere I don't want to go? Or the love of money, or the need for money? I'm convinced if you are not a Christian today and you want to make more money, what you need to do is give your life to Christ because you'll get a, you'll get a job offer for Sundays right after that. <laughs> you, like, if you're like, I really want to work on Sundays, become a Christian and the enemy will bring you work opportunities for Sunday. Right there, right there. I mean, it's like right at the beginning, the Lord says, wait a minute, who do you really worship? Let, let's find out right now. Like, oh, pastor, I just want to let you know God really blessed me with a job. I'm not going to be able to come to church anymore. But God blessed me with money. Like, really? God elevated money over himself. I don't think that's what's happening. I think that there truly is God today. The God of the Bible today is still calling people, what will you choose? Which will you choose? The real God of the Bible? Or what we desire that we think is going to make our life more secure? Now, I... um. I know Christians who are dead broke, and I know Christians that are very wealthy, who love Jesus. Money is not a determinant of your heart. It's, it's, it's where you, where you, how you view it is a reflection of your heart. Okay, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 19. Mike brought us up to this point of the story. So Elijah was in hiding. You remember, he stopped the rain, said it's not going to rain again until I say it rains. Because the Israelites had decided that they were going to worship Baal because he was the god of thunder and lightning. He was the god who, would, who could make it rain. And uh, after cold winters, it is uh, this god, Baal, who would warm the earth so they could uh, have crops. And they, would have, they were Jews, they were Israelites, they worshipped the one true god, Yahweh, and they worshipped Baal so that he could bring them prosperity. And so Elijah came and said, hey, just want to let y'all know, um, you can go ahead and worship your God. Uh, my God is not sending any rain until I say it rains. You can ask Baal whatever you want. Uh, maybe he can bring you some rain since that's who you want uh, to be your rain God. So follow him and that'll be, that'll be good. And so, uh, it, of course, it doesn't rain, right? It doesn't rain for years. Uh, God sustains Elijah during this time. And, uh, and then... Elijah's in hiding, and he comes out, and you heard the story of Obadiah last week, and Obadiah, who had preserved the prophets while working under uh, King Ahab. I don't know how he did that, but he did it. Uh, Elijah goes to Ahab, or excuse me, goes to Obadiah and says, hey, tell Elijah, or tell, I'm sorry, tell Ahab and Jezebel, here I am. And he says, hey, here's what I want you to do, verse, eight, verse 19. He goes, now, send and gather to me all of Israel on Mount Carmel, this is Elijah talking, and get all the prophets of Baal and all the prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Verse 21, and then Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you hesitate, say hesitate, hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him, but if Baal, follow him, but the people did not answer him a word. He called out their hypocrisy. He called out their syncretism. 
he called out their lack of true worship. He's saying, hey, put your hope in God. Put your hope in God alone. Put all your chips in God. Push everything towards the center of the table in God. And the people didn't say anything. They, they didn't even answer. Here's what I want you to see. This word hesitate right here. Um, hesitate, it really it means like to, uh, to pause or to hop or, 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 or like, you know, like when someone wants you to commit to something and you're like, don't give them a yes or no answer. Hey, you want to, hey, you guys, you want to go out to eat sometime? You're like, hmm, hmm, you know, I, I got, um, my mom had called me the other day and, um, you know, like just hesitate, right? Like this, this, this purposefully skipping an answer. This is the, the word, uh, Pesach is what that is. That is the root of the word Passover. Uh, literally to skip over, right? This is important. This comes into play later. So this word means like literally to skip over, to not answer, to pause, to pass over, right? Like I'm, I'm flip-flopping right now. I'm not committing to anything. And they thought that this was an option for them. Like I'm not actually going to commit to God and I'm not actually going to commit to the false God. Verse 22, Elijah said to the people, I alone and left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Well, we know that's not true. We know that Obadiah had preserved many prophets in caves. But, you know, Elijah's a bit of a showman, right? He's a, he's, a, he's a preacher man, right? He wants to make the scene a little bigger, and he wants to make the consequences a little more dire. And he's in front of these, you know, 900 prophets or 850 prophets and the king and all of Israel. And he's like, I alone. I'm, I'm, I'm all that's left. And so what's he saying? What's he saying? Listen, if God's on your side, that's all you need. This is what Elijah's trying to say. If I'm on the side of truth, that's enough. <clears throat> Where the people of Israel would hesitate with their commitment. Where they would hesitate with their endorsement of God. Where they were pausing before they would fully commit Elijah was showing them, I'm, I'm all in. I am all in for Yahweh. This is the kind of faith that God honors. This, this, this <clears throat> okay, verse 24. And then he says to them, then you call on the name of your God, and I'll call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people said, that's a good idea. This is what they said. Here's what we do. We'll get on a mountain and, you, and see, remember, they wanted their God to wake up and send some rain. Remember this? It hadn't rained in years. Uh, when Obadiah found Elijah, it's because King Ahab had sent him to say, hey, go find where there's some rain so we can feed our animals. Our animals are dying from the drought. We're dying. Find, find any rain at all. Like, because there's no lightning, there's no thunder, there's no rain, there's nothing. And so the, Elijah's like, hey, I tell you what, how about we, we, we go on the mountain and we'll see whose God answers by fire. And whoever's God answers by fire, that's the God. How, what do you guys think about that? They're like, hey, whatever, right? Like, oh, we, we get to, no matter what happens, we get rain. That's all they care about. Oh, we just, we, whatever happens, we get rain. However, when God shows up in the midst of this showdown, it don't always work out the way you think it's going to work out, right? Are you with me? Yeah. Are you with me? So all the people say, yeah, you know, that, that sounds like a good idea. And uh, so they took this ox. We, we move on in verse uh, 29. I know, you, I know you know this, but we're going to talk about it a little bit. Verse 26. And so they, they get this ox. They get two oxes, and they, you know, they cut it up, and they, uh, they you know, they serve it. They make the altar for, the, for the, <clears throat> the worshipers of Baal. And they began to worship the way they know how. And it says here in verse 26, they took the ox which was given them and they prepared it and they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice and no one answered. And they leapt about the altar which they made. It came about noon and Elijah began to mock them. Elijah's sitting back eating some chips, right? He's just chilling in the cut, watching them just act a fool, right? Like he's over there and I can see him just chilling, being like, hey. Hey, um, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you yell louder? Why don't you, why don't you cry with a loud voice? I mean, he's God, right? 
Your God is God, right? I mean, this is the one you've been worshiping. This is what you went through three years of drought for. This is who you gave up the God of the covenant for, right? He's God. He's God. I mean, just, just maybe you should scream louder. Or, or maybe, maybe the, the, the true Hebrew here says, where it says either he's occupied or gone. Maybe he's in the bathroom. He's saying maybe, maybe he's on the toilet is what it literally says. Maybe, maybe he's, you know, caught up in a bowel movement. Maybe, right? Maybe you need to yell louder. Or maybe he's going somewhere. Or may, maybe he's asleep. And you need to wake him up. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. And so literally the theology of the day that Elijah is mocking, I want you to hear this. I need, I need you to get this. This is a prophetic statement for the church today. <clears throat> what they believed about Baal was in the winter, uh, Baal would go to sleep. Like some, some theologians believe they believed he like would die almost, kind of like a plants that go into hibernation. <clears throat> and the way in the spring, you had to wake him up through offerings and beating yourself, and uh, sacrifices, and uh, going through bad things, and you had to do all this gesticulation to get God to wake up so that your fields could wake up so that you could be prosperous. And so here's the prophets of Baal dancing around, cutting themselves, screaming out louder, and, and Elijah's like, oh yeah, that's a good idea, that's a, yeah, that's what you should do, you should probably yell louder, that, that's it, you'll wake him up. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's very preoccupied right now, he's not really you know, and so they're like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, well, we'll yell louder. Watch this. Watch where this goes. So they cried, verse 28. So they cried with a loud voice and cut themselves according to their customs with swords and lances until the blood gushed out on them. Remember earlier when we read about how they dedicated the cities by killing their firstborn and burying it under the, the, the entryway of the city? Like this is like they had to, oh, my God is very angry. And so I have to do things so that he won't be angry with me anymore. So they cried with a loud voice and cut themselves according to their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday passed, they raved until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, and no one paid attention. The word in the storyteller who wrote this story the word he used for them jumping around is that same word, Pesach. So he's saying, just like these, just like how these false prophets hop around thinking they're going to work up God, not committing, like jumping, this is what you do when you don't commit to God. This is, you're doing the same flip-flopping now that they're doing around a false God. There's a, I have a little picture of flip-flopping here. This is what you look like when you're flip-flopping for God. When you don't commit to who the true God of the Bible is. Like, we got to commit, like, not like, uh, deuces, I think, mm, that looks uncomfortable, I'm good. Uh, I don't know, keep it rolling, yeah, keep it rolling, yeah. Stand up for people of color, uh, I don't know, that might be uncomfortable, I might just have to roll over. Wear a face mask, but I'm a Christian, I shouldn't have to be uncomfortable. Jesus taught us that only do what's best for me and what makes me feel good about me. I think I'll just deuce out of that, you know? Uh, what, what, what do you mean, care about immigrants? Well, I don't know about that, you know? I know Jesus was an immigrant, and, you know, they, but, you know, that's different now. That's, that's not American Christianity. American Christianity, nah, I don't want to go down that road. But, 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 come on, somebody, but... Jesus Christianity ain't about flip-flopping. Jesus Christianity is I line up with hurt people. And I put my name on them. I put my reputation on them. I, put, I find the poor and I give them money. And, and, and like a conversation I had with Brent recently uh, in response to my call. Jesus never promised that they would stop being poor once you give them money. Here's what I loved about being in Philadelphia this week. <clears throat> There's homeless people everywhere. And uh, in Philadelphia, everybody wears a mask. Everywhere. Everybody has a mask on everywhere except for the homeless. So it's like an identifier of who the homeless are, so you know who to give money to. It's perfect. Well, either they're maskless or they're maskless and they're yelling, right? Like the homeless in Philadelphia really enjoy yelling. Like they really enjoy yelling a lot. And so they yell. And you think they're talking to you until you're like, what? And then they just start yelling more. And you're like, oh, you're not talking to me. You're talking to I don't know what. Whatever it is you're seeing around me. And so what was cool about it <clears throat> was uh, I, there's not enough homeless people to give money to here. And so you can hand money. I was like, this is so cool. I'm breaking dollars. So, I mean, like I had big bills, and I like the homeless, just not quite that much. You know, so I'm breaking big bills to give them a little bit smaller bills, you know, like, can we just be real? 
I'm not passing out hundreds. I'm just not there yet. Lord, help my heart. I'm just not there yet, right? So I'm breaking bills so I can give out some money. And uh, it was so funny. My wife and I went out to dinner, and there was a lady, and she was talking through us, not to us. We're going to her. And I'm like, hey, I got this money. Can I, uh, you know, you? she's like, yeah. I'm like, get my money. I give it to her. And she goes, I'm getting high tomorrow. I'm like, okay. Well, you know, it is what it is. I don't know what to say, right? The Lord just told me to give money to poor people. I, I, I can't call it, right? You know, I, I'm getting high. But he told us, like, this is, this is Jesus' Christianity. Give, give poor people money. Not give people that you want to be thankful. It ain't about you, right? <clears throat> and so, <laughs> when you give an offering, the Bible says unless a seed goes in the ground and dies, it doesn't come to life, right? And so if you plant a seed and you just keep digging it up and looking at it, it's never going to bring a harvest, you got to bury it, and it's got to die, the Bible says. So if you control where every one of your dollars goes, you've never planted a seed. You've got to release that. You've got to release it and say, I, this, is, this is you, God. No, I'm giving this to you. This is you. You told me to get the homeless people. Here they go. I'm getting high tomorrow. Well, I wish you wouldn't, but, you know, that's, I did my part. And I just believe the grace of God that's on my money is going to change your life, right? Like, I'm just believing, but, but that's between you and God at this point. But my money's blessed. And when I put this blessed thing in your unfortunate hand, I'm just believing something is, that, that's between you and God, what's going to happen with it. And, and so what we find is um, when we're trying to control everything, when we're trying to control our Christianity, we're trying to control our relationships, we're trying to control the outcome, uh, we don't get rest. This, this is the root of burnout right here. Burnout is found in us wanting to control our entire lives in trying, watch this, trying to be God. This will burn you out because we are not graced to be God. We go through hard times. And sometimes, I hate to say this, God directs us into them so we can ask some hard questions of our life. Where am I? How did I get here? Where is God taking me? I've never got a huge blessing and been like, gosh, where am I, God? You know, I just got this $1,000 check in the mail. Oh, how did I get here? That, no, that doesn't happen. When you get blessed, you say things like, look, God is blessing me because he's happy with what I'm doing. And so sometimes God is like, I need to wake you up from your mentality by just restricting the flow a little bit so you start asking the questions I need you to ask so I can answer you with the blessings I want you to have. And so sometimes he let them get a little bit dry in our lives. So we ask things like, how did I get here? Whoa, what, what, where am I? How do I get where I'm going? And it almost always comes down to quit trying to control every facet of your life life. This is why we tell non-believers, you got to surrender to Jesus. You have to give your life to Jesus, except in American Christianity, we don't tell them you have to give up anything. You just come and God's going to bless you. Come a little bit. Don't come often at all. Live for God. Don't live for God. Just think about God. Really, just like our stuff on Instagram. That's really all you got to do. Just... And that's just not the Jesus of the Bible. If we want what Jesus offers, we better get involved in the Jesus of the Bible. Are you with me? I'm feeling like I'm preaching good. I don't know. So, so watch this. Come on. So watch this. Amen. So watch this. So the prophets of Baal lost, right? Like they couldn't, they couldn't produce anything. And now it's Elijah's turn. And so we see in verse 1836, he says, at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. I'm going to read that again because you need to hear this. At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. When, when the Bible gives us these specific little time date things, they're important. You may not understand them, but they are important. At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O oh Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and I have done all these things at your word. Okay, what's happening? Well, in Judah, the nation of Judah, Jerusalem is there. And Jerusalem is where the big temple is. And every night there was an evening sacrifice for sin. And so the priests at that very time, at the temple in Israel, in, excuse me, in Judah, in Jerusalem, are putting off the sin act sacrifice, and they are asking for God to consume the sin sacrifice with fire. Elijah says, y'all do whatever you want, y'all play all you want, but I know when God comes and burns up sin sacrifice. I know when he answers with fire. I understand his ways and how we are not in it right now. But I'm going to take part in what God has already blessed. 
And at that moment, I'm going to offer a sacrifice. I am going to join my faith to the faith of the church. And I'm going to give my sacrifice where the church is giving its sacrifice. And I'm going to couple my faith to their faith. And I'll show you what happens when that happens. Are, 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 are you with me? So here's Elijah. Elijah is a far from a perfect man. He is far from perfect. Elijah has some serious mental health issues, which we're going to talk about in the next couple weeks. Like, like he, 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 he's got some issues. And it's important that we talk about this because just because you got issues don't mean you got any problems with God. Amen. Amen. We, 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 got enough, we got enough fake perfect Christians. We got enough fake person, perfect Christians on social media. We got perfect little models that you know they don't look like that in real life. And we got fake perfect Christians that are constantly going from blessing to blessing and perfection to perfection and overcoming to overcoming. And I'm just like, you a lie. All of you a lie. I'm not following any of you. Like, look at this part of the message. I'm like, that's funny. Did he talk about his divorce? Like, look, come on, somebody. Let's be real. Let's be real. Let's be real. Now, I'm not judging anybody for being divorced. I'm judging people who say, man, it's always been perfect for me because I do things right. And I'm like, you a lie. Hello. I don't need to learn from somebody who never had to fail. I, I don't want to learn from somebody who somehow just waltzed into God's grace and always got it right. I don't, I don't got nothing to learn from you. That's not a real Christian. I, I need to hear somebody who said, listen, I messed up for about two, three years. And uh, I, I was off track for I don't know how long. And, 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 and God's grace helped me learn to get over this. Or I, 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 I dealt with this before Christianity. And then I got saved and I was living in victory. And then I found myself back in the same nonsense. And I went back to God and he helped me overcome it. This is, hear me, this is what I need to hear. This is, this is the real Jesus. The, you know, the real Jesus, you know, I, I was in a happy marriage, and it was so good, and things were going great, and then my wife did something, and I got bitter, and I was unforgiving, and, and my whole thing started falling apart, and the Lord began to heal my heart so that I began to love. Like, this is what I need to hear. I need to hear some real stuff that works with a real God. I don't need your lotto, Jesus, because I don't believe he's real. I, I don't know. You know, somebody wins lotto every couple weeks, but it ain't you. So that, that, that Christianity works for some people, but it ain't going to work for you because it don't really work for them either. You know what they get? They get the American dream, and the American dream will not save you. The American dream will also say as soon as that stuff starts to dry up, you're in the American curse. That's the truth. I don't need that dream. I need the dream that if I am faithful to God, I will have everlasting life with him. <clears throat> <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let me tell you this. Imperfect faith is better than perfect religion. Imperfect faith is better than perfect religion. Come on. You need to hear this. Yes. Yes. South Florida needs to hear this. Listen, just put your faith in God. Like, and so here we got Elijah. Elijah, like, I don't know everything perfectly, but I am trusting Yahweh. And then we got these prophets of Baal doing everything perfect according to them, except it's not producing anything that will last. <clears throat> but Elijah connects his faith to the eternal. He was willing to go through suffering for three years so that other people could see that Yahweh is the one true God. Does that sound like anybody else to you? Have you heard of anybody else in the Bible who went through some rough times for three years so the whole world could see that God is the one true God who saves? Can you think of anybody else who gave up his privilege and walked among the people and suffered with them so that they could see there is one true God? See, that's Jesus Christianity to me. Not let me witness to you with my lifted truck. Now, I got friends in this room right here who are far more wealthy than me financially, and you know way more wealthy people than I do. And for every Christian I show you with a nice lifted truck, you could show me 20 who don't follow Jesus that got a nicer lifted truck, right? For every Christian you show me who's got a nice bag, I, you, I can show you 50 people who aren't Christian who got a nicer bag, right? So Christianity, this, 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 this false Christianity will offer you a false version of what the, what the world wants you to lust after. Oh, come on. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little... Mm, 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 mm. 
shakaba. So Elijah gets his bull. And then he, first thing he does, he rebuilds the altar. When you read the Old Covenant, you start hearing them talk about the altar. Pay attention. The altar is where you encounter God. The altar is where you come forward and you get touched by someone or something. And things begin to change. The grace of God begins to get imported into your life, begins to get injected, infused into your situation. It's the altar of God. And the enemy wants to tear down the altar of God. The, the, the enemy doesn't want anything to be sacred. doesn't want there anything to be like, that, that's other than me because I can be everything. Oh, Jesus, help me out right now. And so Elijah, first thing he does, he gets, he gets the 12 stones, just like they got when they crossed over the river into the promised land. He gets 12 stones, and he rebuilds the altar, saying, hey, we're going back to the ancient faith. We're going back to the faith that was once passed down for all generations. Come on. And then he rebuilds the altar, and he gets the bull, and he cuts the bull, just like the, the, the offering was cut in two when Abraham and God walked through it and made the first covenant. He cuts the offering, and he puts it on there. And then he gets the pots of water, and he gets three pots, and, or four pots. Anyways, he gets the pots of water, and he pours them. He pours them on the four pots three times, 12 again, 12 tribes of Israel. He's making a... He's making a covenantal statement here that our God, the God who forgives sins upon the altar, when we come to the altar, see, Elijah tells him, come near, come near to me. This is, this is Jesus calling the church. Come on, come closer to me. I need you to see who I really am. I need you to see that I'm a real God, that I have real miracles, that my spirit really moves today, and I'm really worth giving your life to. I'm really worth your free time. I'm really worth your life. I'm really worth your ethics. I'm really worth hoping in. I'm really worth trusting. I'm really worth it. I'm worth it. I'm worth it. I'm worth it in the middle of your date stopping and saying, hey, you got a bent knee. You got a hurt leg. I'm willing. Come on. I'm worth stopping for and telling this guy that I'm still alive. I am worth it. And he covers it. He covers the whole thing. Like the Bible tells us in the New Testament, he washes them in the water of the word. Come on, we need to get our sacrifice and bathe it in the actual word of God. Not, 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 not like the Instagram reality of a half of a verse. Like reading chapters of the word to understand the story of the Messiah who gave up his privilege and lived among the broken so he can show that God cares about your pain. Mm. Verse 38. I'm going to finish up here. Good Lord Jesus. Verse 38. Shakaba. We're going to pray here at the end of this and some people are going to get touched. Then, then, after the altar was repaired, after the man of God declared the word of God, said, you cannot worship both gods after the word was declared. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord he is God, the Lord. He is God. See, when they, when they double things in the scriptures in Hebrew writing, when things are said twice, like you could say something and it could be metaphorical, but when you say things twice, and it's, no, 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 I really mean it now. I'm, I'm serious about this. So now we see a people who were hesitating, who would not give their word to who God was. Now we see they're saying, the Lord, He is God, the Lord, He is God. They have now gone all in. Come on, Lillian. They have gone all in on who he is. They've committed themselves. They're no longer flip-flopping, going back and forth. They have decided, I'm following the living God. And they fall on their face in a place of worship at the altar of God, seeing what God had done. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 Now, I, I want to say first to the church in America, it's time to make a decision about which Jesus you want to follow. As for me and my house, we're going to, we're going to worship the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to worship the Lord. We're going, we're going to take care of the hurting. Oh, shakaba. Let me tell you why I'm grieved. Let me tell you why I'm grieved. I know um, <clears throat> there's people that I know. Let me finish this before you amen or oh no me, all right? <clears throat> there's people that I know that... They've looked at the science, and they just don't believe that coronavirus, like, they, they've looked at the science. I'm not talking about Facebook. They've looked at the science, and they say, I don't believe that, that coronavirus spreads as quickly as they say, but I'm going to wear a mask. 
I have friends who say, I, I, you know, I got my vaccination and nobody in my family's gotten it. And I think there's something about my genetic predisposition that we're less likely to get it. And I've chosen to wear a mask. I, I call that being a Christian. Amen. I call that actually caring about your brother. I, you know, I, I call that going the extra mile. In the church, like, we've so, like, if you have looked over the last couple years, we've had so many scandals in the church. So many celebrity pastors have been uncovered as, 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 as their lives did not line up with what they're preaching. And in all of this, like, we just, celebrity pastor after celebrity pastor after church that's been exposed to being off the deep end, right? Like, there's just so many of these things happen. The Lord's like, man, the church is taking a beating. Let me give you a softball. Let me, let me, let me give you an easy pitch here. Let me, just, let me just send you an easy one here. You can show people that you love them. All you got to do is put on a mask. That's all you got to do. Just put on a mask. And the American church decided to sit down and suck its thumb and have a, have a temper tantrum. You can't make me do anything. And Jesus is like, you're right, I can't. You're right. You are the church that I can't make do anything. I'm not sure if you're proud of that or not. You shouldn't be. <laughs> I can't make you love anybody. You, you know, I just gave my life, but you know, you've chosen to go a different route. Let me bring this home. God has clearly proven, proven in my life who he is. <clears throat> and in your life, if you're here, more than likely, he's proven that to you already. Like, like is he God? Is probably at a, you're at a place where I don't have to really wonder. <clears throat> but we don't necessarily live like that's been settled in our hearts. I'm guessing if you're here today, there are instructions that you have not been faithful to. And in this season of burnout, in this season of, uh, of, of oh my gosh, life has just gotten so hard, it might have become a little bit too much about you. I have found that when I start to feel sorry for myself, everything starts to confirm why I should feel sorry for myself. It's hard to go the extra mile when you're bitter about going the first mile. It's hard to turn the other cheek when you're still unforgiving about getting slapped in the first time. And, and, and God gave us some instructions on how we're to deal with this. And we haven't necessarily followed his commandments about what we're supposed to be doing with our lives. Now, I hate to give this disclaimer. Some of you, it's been a very bad year. And you are at the edge of your mental health. And I am not judging anybody here. I'm not saying that these things I'm saying are a panacea. That they're going to solve all your problems everything's going to be gone. All I'm saying is if we will lean into his truth... We'll get some grace to deal with it, right? That, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't judge anybody. If you're burnt out and you're at the edge and you're in a mental health crisis, I'm not saying, and now it's your fault. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying, now you have shame to deal with as well. Now you're in sin. Now you, you've been worshiping Baal. No, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, I am saying that God's, God's unchanging word has answers. And he has given us instructions on how to deal with these things. And these things are going to help if we follow God's ways. His instructions, well, I was just talking to somebody yesterday. It's like, what, what's God, what's the Spirit been speaking to you? And he's just telling me, and I'm like, oh, that's what's been going on in my heart. Oh, that's what I've been dealing with in my heart. Oh, that's why I feel burnt out. That's why I feel at the end of my rope. That, that's, that's why I don't see any hope in this area of my life. But it took me being a part of the church to get this word of correction from somebody who didn't even know they were correcting me. It took, they were, all they were doing was giving me some basic like stuff you learn in Christianity 101. But for me, it, it unlocked something in my heart. And so maybe you're here today. And even while I'm speaking this whole thing, maybe, 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 you, know, maybe you don't have a room set aside in your house for a false god, right? I pray in the name of Jesus. We, we got a Holy Ghost cleaning committee. We'll help you take care of that if you do. <clears throat> but maybe there are some things in your heart that don't line up with the gospel. Maybe you've been convicted of them about where you're supposed to be emphasizing in your life, where Jesus emphasized that maybe you haven't. Maybe, maybe areas that are areas of burnout because there isn't an altar there. I want to give you an opportunity today to repent. 
and ask Jesus to come and give you grace in that area of your life. Right now, just the Holy Spirit. Wow, the Holy Spirit is that moving? Is that work in the room right now? Maybe you haven't given your life to Jesus yet. Maybe, maybe you're in a season you need to give it all over again. And be like, man, I have tried to run this thing myself, and here's where I'm at. I'm on a mountain, and I'm on the wrong side of the altar. I'm defending the wrong altar. I'm defending the wrong sacrifice. I've been working for the wrong blessing. My life does not line up with what the peaceable life that God promises. And I'm not going to blame it on anybody. This is me. This is what I have made. I'm going to repartner with Jesus today. See, God is going to restore your voice today. Where you have felt impotent, where you have felt that you have no power in what's going on. Jesus is going to restore your voice today. But you need to turn to him. Come on, somebody. You're going to stand in that area of burnout and say, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. I am not a victim of what's happening in my life. You're not baptized in the Holy Ghost. Um, we're going to pray for you this week. We're going to have an altar call next week. Folks, we'll get baptized in the Holy Ghost. We're going to do that more often. You need the Spirit to get through what's happening, the worker that's happening today. Stand with me if you would. Hey. I had the band come up so you can sit down if you're super pregnant. Uh, I had the band um, come up because I wanted to drown out your prayers right now. Take it down for me now if you would for a band. We're going to pray together that Jesus would forgive us and wash us clean and restore us to the place of grace. All right? Amen? Am I the only one who needs this? Let's pray together. Say, Jesus, I'm in. I'm yours. Take my life. Use it however you want. I trust you. Where my heart is wrong, I trust you and the church to correct me. Where my mind is wrong, I'm trusting you and the church to fix me. Where my hands have been wrong, and I've been doing the wrong stuff. I trust your spirit to guide me. Shekaba. Come on, somebody. Shekaba. Shekaba. Lambareba laba. Where my voice has been wrong, I trust your spirit to speak through me. Shemba laba reba kataraba. Shekaba. Shekaba. I'm trusting you to help me tear down every other altar in my life. Come on, somebody. Jesus, I'm yours and your God. Come on, say it with me, Jesus. I'm yours. You are God. Jesus, the Lord, is God. One more time. Jesus, the Lord, is God. Come on, somebody, give it up. Come on, are you feeling refreshed? Are you feeling refreshed? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now listen, listen, I'm never going to promise you that we're going to be the coolest or the biggest or the hippest, but I promise you we're going to follow Jesus. We're going to follow Jesus. And we may never have a circus on stage. We may not have trapeze artists in service. I may never have live donkeys on, 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 on Palm Sunday, but I tell you what South Florida needs. South Florida needs the gospel. South Florida needs the gospel of Jesus Christ, the one true living God who delivers from death to life. 
South Florida need you to tell them about it. I want to be a part of a church that sets people free from the bonds of the devil. I want to be part of a community that says, the Lord, he is God. And even if you don't like it, you got to follow him. Even when you don't like it, you got to live according to the Sermon on the Mount. Even when you don't like it, you got to follow the Jesus, the second mile Jesus. Who's with me now? And so I want us to covenant today. I'm going to be a preacher of the gospel with my life. I'm going to invite people to the altar of God. Speaking of which, I've got my altar team is going to come up right now. And they're going to pray for you if you need breakthrough today. They're, going to lay, they're not going to pray you through breakthrough. What, like he talked a minute ago about how sometimes you've got to stay with people. That's not happening today. But they're going to agree with you. They're going to touch and agree with you for breakthrough in your life in this place. And if you've never had anybody lay hands on you for breakthrough, put on your mask, mask up. Come on forward and have somebody just touch you for breakthrough. Because God is here today and he's going to do it. Amen? I had a dream about this this week. I had a dream about this this week. It was wild. I had a dream about it. I just remembered it. It was so wild. I had an altar call just like this one. And some young people came forward. God touched them and changed their lives. And I'm believing that's going to happen today. We're going to declare this first. We're going to declare the song over our lives. And if you need prayer, I want to invite you to come forward. And uh, as soon as this is over, we're going to go ahead and dismiss you. But come on, man. We're going to come into this and we are going to declare our voice reveal, our voice returned, our authentic voice empowered. And we are going to be the authentic voice of Jesus Christ in South Florida. Come on. 